You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 133. New iPhones, a trip to Hong Kong, and much more. And it is Tech Fan Podcast number 133. I'm Tim Robertson, and he is... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what time zone I'm in. I don't know what country I'm in. Well, I tell you, your audio quality is a whole lot better. Well, I guess I must be home then. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, welcome back uh, to the uh, land of the UK people. And yep. uh, good Wi-Fi, right? Good Wi-Fi, but crap weather. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> that, that's kind of the truth. It's always it always seems to be better wherever you go, and then you come home and you're like, ugh. Yeah, really. Moving from Mauritius to the UK in the summer, it was always going to be a poor comparison. Oh, yeah, there. Well, there you go. Speaking of poor comparisons, uh, yeah, Apple came out with some new phones, and a lot of uh, Android makers kind of looking poor in comparison. Yeah, I, I think so. I think they really knocked it out of the park on this one. Yeah, yeah. Except. And I know I've said this before. I want an iPhone with a larger screen. And I I see the rumors like everyone else. Apple's talking, or the rumors anyways, are talking about Apple coming out with a larger screened iPhone next year. So I'm looking at the, uh, the new 5s, David. And uh, yeah. part of me wants to get one. You know, I'm still, my daily use is a 4S. Uh, I have a 5, but uh, it's an ex-employee's. And I just play with iOS 7 on it. Yeah. You know, the big thing that really kind of excites me, the fingerprint technology on the 5C, or the uh, the 5S, meh. I, I don't really care. I do think oh, it sounds kind of neat you, that you I, could I, buy I, something and just stick your finger on there instead of remembering your passcode all the time. I, I have to put a code on my phone for work because we have to encrypt them. Mm-hmm. And... and Pretty much anybody who uses a phone in enterprise has to do that. Sure. And let me tell you, it's a pain in the neck constantly having to type codes in. Yeah. Particularly, particularly as uh, really, if you want to be properly secure, you shouldn't use the four-digit code, but you should use a, um, a, a a word. Yes. And and every time you ha- want to do anything on the phone, you have to unlock it by typing that in. It gets old really quickly, and I think that's exactly where they've targeted that feature at. And um, I, I'd have it in a heartbeat. I really would. So is this something that you're actually looking at possibly? Well, well, I, my, I've, I got my five um, last October. So, so you're, you're still uh, I won't. Contract. I'm still, well, yeah, it's through work, but, but effectively won't be looking to replace it um, for at least another six, seven months. So, um, so I'm not in the market right now. Darn it, uh, accidentally dropped on the ground and broke. Hmm. Yeah, if, if, I've, I've thought about that. In fact, I did actually lose my phone in the accident. It flew out the car, and they just gave me another one. So if they if they broke if it if I broke it now, they just give me another five. <laughs> so uh, I suppose I could then sell that, and then let's not talk about possible lastness schemes for me to get. No, let's not do that. Uh, I, it's essentially the same phone, though, uh, appearance wise. 
Yeah. Except for the round home button now. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to phones, appearances aren't everything, obviously. Uh, phone quality, you know, the call quality, I think. I'll be quite honest, David. Every phone, iPhone I've ever had, the, the, the call quality has always been poor. Has always yeah. been poor. Uh, the few Android phones that I've used, the call quality has been poor. I still haven't had a, a, a new generation smartphone, or I guess we'll call them smartphones, that has a better call quality than a Nokia that I had in uh, 2005, 2006. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. They, they're doing a lot of other stuff, and um, that other stuff can affect the signal strength, the um, processing, and all of that sort of, sort of thing. And yeah, they sometimes they can sound bad. They, mine sounds bad all the time. It's very, very rare when I actually get a good-sounding call on my iPhone. You know what well, I also think it is? It, and look, it's better if I put headphones on, but most people don't do that. Um you know what I think it was? The old phones, they had that little indentation where the speaker was. So when you put it up to your ear, it kind of, you know, it acted more like a speaker. These are just pieces of glass that you're sticking to the side of your head with a small little slit in it. Mm-hmm. I think that has something to do with it, too. Yeah, I th- also as well, I, you have to wonder what the carriers are doing to the networks to compensate for the fact that they're carrying all this data now. One of the things you can do with networks to make more uh, data bandwidth available is reduce the voice quality of all the calls. You yeah. know, it's a trade. It's a trade-off. And, we're we're uh, going backwards. Well, well, yeah, we could well be, but um, that sometimes is the way the companies who are trying to support more capacity than they they ever intended uh, deal with things. Is say, well, everyone's going to have a a degrading service, and you know, most people won't notice. I do. <laughs> yeah. And I think most people do, but most people don't consciously think about it until you're on like a landline and you're like, wow, the sound quality is so much better. I mean, the sound quality that we have right now over Skype on computers sounds a thousand times better than if we were talking on my cell phone right now. Yeah, but you know what? It sounds a lot better than if you were talking on the landline too. Um, True. I think, I think that's also part of it is that we're so used to hearing clear digital audio on everything nowadays, on our radios, on our TVs, that we kind of notice that phones don't sound anywhere near as good as everything else. There is some truth Whereas, to that, but they do still sound bad. Yeah. But but pho- telephone has always been about making it sound good enough so you can understand the other person. It's never been about high-fidelity audio, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think if... Uh, whether it's Android or Windows Phone or Apple with the iPhone, whoever comes out with a phone that gives you really high-fidelity phone conversations, audio quality, I think they'd sell a lot of phones. I think a lot of people want that back. And if you gave it to them, I think, and the word got out there, I don't know how you market that, because, look, Apple's marketed how good the iPhone sounds when you're using the phone a few times in their keynotes. And it was a lie every single time. They sounded terrible. Um, I think if a company really marketed that and really truly had a phone that sounded great on a phone conversation, I think that phone would sell. Yeah, maybe, but um, I don't. I don't see anybody selling phones on that anytime soon. Unfortunately, I think you're right. Uh, it's all about the the bling bling now. It seems. Yeah. Apple, one of Apple's new uh, phones, other than the the plastic color ones. And let's be honest, the plastic color ones are just a regular five. 
with a plastic back for the most part. Yeah, but you know what? They will sell so many more of those sure, than they no ever question. sell the five. Because people like that stuff. They do. Every, everyone, look, remember when the iPod mini came out? Yep. And everybody said, what the hell? It's nearly as expensive as a full-size iPod. It has much less space. But the only good thing about it is you can get it in different colors. Nobody's going to be interested in that. And then the balance sheet told a very, very different story. And I, I think people have been waiting. On the, there's a probably quite a big segment in the market. been waiting for the iPhone for a long time, saying, well, I'd really love to get one, but you know what? I don't want to have to put a case on it, and I don't want a black phone or a white phone. I want something with some color on it. And I think they will sell those like gangbusters. Well, and, the, and, and it's a smart move to put the, the basically the current five into that because that yeah. means that they've already got the production line. Yep. It's just a different case. Well, everyone's acting uh, like it's a new phone, and I'm like, I'm thinking, no, this is the same thing Apple's done before. They took the flagship phone from the year before, and they made it the middle-of-the-road phone. And the phone from two years ago is now the cheapy free one. So now the it's only, the iPhone Yeah, the only 4S. difference is that... Is that now they've got a, a line of two phones, which are the current phones, rather than one. Well, they say that, yeah. but, it, no, but that's they just marketing. No, they don't really. Well, I think I think what they're trying to do is they're using this as a position to try and get everyone onto later hardware. I I suspect they're gonna, they what the, what they're doing trying to do now is, is Apple's plans are are, are going to rely very much more on having better hardware in the phones. We've got a two or three year old phone. And, um, you know, iOS 7, I suspect you're going to find it doesn't perform too well on the older hardware. And so I think this is part of Apple's uh, approach to saying, well, let's try and keep people closer to the edge of the curve than perhaps they've been in the past yeah. so that they get the best user experience. And I suspect this is this is what it is. And I, I know people have been, for a start, people have been going, oh, what happened to the cheap phones? Not cheap. Well, the only people that ever said it was going to be cheap was the pundit idiots. Apple True. never said they were going to do a cheap phone. No. Yeah, it's a cheaper phone, but it's not the cheap phone. But nevertheless, I suspect with volume, you'll find that when you go in for a contract with a 5C, you'll be able to get it at a substantial less upfront cost than the 5S, and that matters to a lot of people. It matters a lot to people. Yeah, I, I think that I think it will seriously speed adoption, and I think you'll see a, a substantial bump in iPhone numbers going forward um, over this next year because of the 5C. From my per professional uh, standpoint, working for an Apple specialist, and we do iPhone swaps, the Apple made my job a whole lot harder. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how many phones I'm going to have to carry now? Because not yeah. only am I going to have to have all the different colors, I need them for all the different carriers and then all the different configurations, 16 gig, 32 gig, 64 gigs. I need one of those in red for AT&T, one of those in red for Sprint. One of, I mean, <laughs> it's crazy, but you know, whatever. It, that's cool. Um, yeah. I I started talking about what I'm not excited about, mm -hmm. and I'll continue with that maybe here in a second. But what I am can kind of excited about is the new camera on yeah. the iPhone 5s. That's got my attention, David. The iPhone I still think has taken better pictures. Uh, than any of the other smartphones out there. And I've seen photos from other ones, and they look good, but there's something about the richness of the pictures that the iPhone takes. And I've always been impressed with it. Uh, it was actually, if you go way back to the MyMac podcast days, and you uh, listen to what I thought the killer feature of the iPhone was, 
Everybody was talking about apps. I think you were on that show. And I said, yeah. I said, the camera, that's the oh. thing. That's what's really going to knock this out of the park. To be able to take good pictures and have them on your computer via iPhoto. And I think I've been proven right on that. And I still think that the picture caper capabilities of the iPhone really doesn't get a lot of love in the tech press. They kind of ignore it. They just assume, oh, yeah, it takes good pictures. And that, but everybody uses it. That's the thing. Everybody takes their. How many concerts have? Well, let's. I haven't been to a lot of concerts. How many events have you been to? And everyone's holding up an iPhone and taking oh, well, video. Well, I went to, uh, when I was in San Francisco. I went to the the VMworld party. They had um, Train and Imagine Dragons as the acts mm -hmm. who were who were there. You know, both pretty good acts. Um, it was a good concert, and at one point, everybody had their phones up. Yeah, Android, in fact, Windows. In fact, what, what on the, the guy from Train, the lead singer from Train, what he was doing was he was bending down to the audience, he was picking up people's phones out of their hands, and then he was taking selfies with them, yeah. and then giving them back to them, because, you know, he knows that people like that. Sure. So, yeah, it's an enormous part of the music experience now, and the live music experience is, is having a phone. In fact, I made a conscious decision this time. Um, at this this year, because last year they had Bon Jovi on, and I recorded virtually the whole thing on my phone. And I realized afterwards that I didn't really get a very good view of the concert because I was looking at my phone the whole time. Yeah, I, that is uh, a that's a social issue that yeah. I see all the time. It's like so, uh, you're watching your yeah. phone at yeah. the concert. Watch the concert. Uh, so I I I made a conscious decision to only take a couple of photos and shoot a very short amount of video so i could show the kids what it was like um but but apart from that i didn't use my phone at all but a lot of people were and most people had their their phones up the whole time yeah so so that's that's pretty important and that sort of environment it's dark it's loud there's tends to be a lot of smoke in the air from the um special effects there's a lot of flashing lights and everything it is where you really need a decent camera in your phone rather than a crappy camera yep well the point is whether it's an iPhone, an Android, whatever it is, people use their phones to take pictures and video all the time. It is the killer feature, I think, of this smartphone generation. And I don't see that changing because it's been a very disruptive force. People don't carry a separate yeah. camera anymore. The cam and for a while it was, well, my, my iPhone or my Samsung or whatever, my Nokia, it takes pictures good enough so I don't have to carry another device with me. They don't say it's good enough anymore because they're better than good enough. And as good as they all are, I think for the last couple of years, Apple's pictures are better. It, the iPhone has taken better photos. But yeah, I think I that in the last year, well, the last six months, it's been... The other devices out there have been touting more megapixels. But of course, megapixels don't mean a better picture. No, but I, I, I've, I've not, I've not used that Lumia 1020. But everything I've read says that the pictures that come from that are literally head and shoulders above everything else in the market for a phone. Well, there you go. Yeah. So you and, know, I mean, it, so it, when it's, Apple, it's definitely an area where there's an awful lot of concentration of absolutely um, effort. And and Apple's new camera in the in the five C or I don't know if the five C. I think it's just the five uh, S that has the new aperture in yeah. it. That's exciting to me it's it's a larger aperture which means it'll take better indoor pictures and in dark pictures it'll let more light in and you know with with apple it's a combination of the camera itself you know the sensor the hardware in the iphone itself and then the software that it's that's using to do it it's going to shoot in burst mode which they 
completely got from Android. Um, but I'm excited. It's it's a feature that probably more than anything else in, on that phone, David, that's the one feature that I want. I want yeah, a better definitely. camera. I've got kids. Yeah. You've got kids. We take pictures yeah. all the time. And you, and you do tend to use your phone because you always have it with you. Always. I have... I have a I have a one of these mirrorless compact cameras, a Sony um, a NEX camera that takes great pictures. But to use it means getting it out, a bit of effort, that sort of thing. It's really not the sort of thing you want to carry around with you. Um, I also have a compact camera that I took away with me on this trip, and I, I barely used it. I tended to use my phone more because you know I always had the phone with me. Yeah. And there were a couple of times I thought, oh, should I take the camera? Oh no, it's okay. I've got my phone. Now I didn't have my iPhone with me a lot of the time. I had that Nokia because I that was the phone I was using. Now the thing I found about that is that while the camera on the phone is nowhere near as good as that in the iPhone, the way you use it I liked better. It has a dedicated camera button on the side of the phone. So anytime you press that, even though the phone is locked, the camera app comes up and you're ready to shoot. It's pretty quick. That's good. That, I like that. That camera button as well is on the side so it's in the place where a shutter button would be on a compact camera if you hold the phone in landscape mode. And that's the and way you should be taking pictures. The way you should be doing it. And that encourages you to do that because of that, that button. But the killer feature for it is the fact that it has a half press. So just like you can on a real camera, you can half press it and it will focus. And then you can press to click. Yeah, that's nice. Now, that's the th I wish the iPhone had that. I yeah, know they so use the I. volume button for that. But I wish you could half click the button. But it's phones. it's a it's a trick though. It's not a true dedicated button, and it doesn't work if you're not already in the camera app. That's right on the on the iPhone. Yeah. Whereas the whereas the Nokia it did. So um, I like that feature. I think that's really yeah. cool. I really do. And like I said, we all use our phones now to take pictures, and I hope that this is kind of uh, uh, with how great the Nokia one is, and what Apple's doing with the five S that this is going to be a resurgence for all the phone manufacturers to make the cameras better because it's the thing that we all want, even though we probably don't vocalize it, especially in the tech press. But it's the one thing that we all want. And yeah. uh, it's the one thing that we'll all use and we'll all appreciate more than probably any other feature. I can, I can deal with kind of subpar phone conversations, but I can't deal with subpar pictures. It better not. It better take better pictures than the one before. Is what I'm saying. And traditionally, with the iPhone, they have. Now I've got every generation of the iPhone here in my house. Um, anything older than a four is now a glorified iPod Touch. But they still take video. They still take photos. Well, a the original one doesn't take videos. And I do not believe that the th the three G. No, the three G does take video. The the what was it? The three the I can't remember. The, there's the iPhone and there's the iPhone 3G. Yeah. And there's 3GS. And okay, the 3G the doesn't take video, but the 3GS does, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got Maybe. them all. Yeah. And the kids take videos and pictures with those old iPhones all the time. My, my iTunes library is full of pictures. And I can see the huge difference from when I take a picture with the 5 or the 4S compared to, you know, the old ones. There, there's no comparison. They're so much better. And yeah. that's what I'm looking forward to most with the 5S. I keep wanting to say 5C, but it's the 5S is the one I'll get. And speaking of the one I get, David, I'm seriously considering that gold one. I thought, yeah. when I saw the rumors, I thought, ugh, gold, yuck. But now that I'm looking at them, at least on the screen, 
it's kind of jumping out at it's not bling bling flash flash gold it's 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 almost a champagne yeah it's very understated yeah and i kind of like that but i don't know can i live with a gold phone for the next year until i get a bigger screen i don't know that i'm torn and if i get one i'll get i'll get obviously at&t because that's where my contract is but i'll get the 32 gig i'm not going to go up to uh 64 and 16 is still it's like yeah i'm streaming a lot more stuff now but i 16 is going to top me out quickly so i'm going to get the 32 so what oh, that's 299 yeah when i do we'll get one i will get a 64 because mine is always full yeah i just i mean it's very limited what i'm doing with my phone now compared to my ipad yeah so it's yeah I, I need the largest capacity i can get in the ipad i don't need the largest capacity i can get on the iphone because i'm still putting music on there i still like to have some photos on there um streaming doesn't always work so yeah i need the 32 16 i think is just a little bit too much of a choke point for me but i don't yeah. need a 64 in a phone because any big things it's just going to be better on my ipad it's a bigger screen and it's obviously more capacity i've got the 64 uh, ipad 3 right now and that brings me to my next point were you surprised that this was just an iphone centric event were you expecting ipad information i i, I think um well I, no i wasn't but only because jim dalrymple said no <laughs> wow uh, so you know he he always gets that right so there was a rumor that that there was going to be some um, ipad stuff and he just went nope and that means no there isn't um i i i i think the ipad line with the mini and the and the the bigger ipad now is big enough to justify its own event um oh there's no so, question but i it's yeah it's it's september already the the, the holiday season starts right around the corner yeah I know. I saw Christmas stuff in the supermarket when I got home here yesterday. Oh, isn't that disgusting? It's like, come on. Halloween's not even here yet. Yep. I mean, we're still. What you got? Do you guys do Halloween there in the UK? Oh, uh, we do now. I mean, do we now. always we always did it, but we didn't do it the American way. We didn't do trick or treat really. Um, but in the last, I guess the last seven or eight years, we've kind of really adopted the American stuff. So now it's become uh, very much more an American-style holiday. Yeah, it's a fun holiday. Um, when I was a kid, you know, Christmas is still... Um, that was always my big thing because, you know, presents. Yeah. But I liked holiday when I got past the, the kitty age of, of holidays. You know, when I got to like 12, yeah. 13. I liked Halloween. You could still be outside without freezing your butt off. There was something about uh, the atmosphere, the, the the leaves on the ground, and you could wear a jacket, and oh, I just liked it. I like it. fall is my favorite holidays or yeah. uh, seasons. So, Season, yeah. So I, I'm kind of glad you guys do that because it's to me it's one of the better holidays. It's just carefree and fun. Um, but that holiday season is, is coming up on us, and I'm surprised that. I don't know what I'm buying yet. <laughs> okay. You know, look, we got new video game systems coming. Uh, and while I'm somewhat excited about that, I'll be honest, David, when it comes to video games, the thing I've been waiting for for, let's say, two and a half, three years now, comes out next week. And it's not on the new Xbox One or the PS4. It's Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah. And I'm 
that's what I've been waiting for. That's GTA has always been my game. It's the one yeah. that got me back into video games, and and we've talked about that in the past. That's the one that yeah. pulled me back in in the early two thousands. And uh, you know, I'm, I watch every trailer multiple times, and oh, that's next week. That's I know my nights starting on the seventeenth, or I think that's the day it comes out. That's what my nights are going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I got to hurry up and get home. I, I need to play some GTA before I go to bed. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, yeah. But let's uh, let's take our first break here. Then we're gonna come back with a little feedback, and we're gonna update two things from last episode. Stay tuned. Okay. Elisa Pacelli, Suze Gilbert, Vicky Stokes, women, savvy, geeks, three geeky ladies, technology from a female perspective. Back here on Tech Fan, Tim Robertson, that's me, David Cohen, that's him. And uh, let's take a look, care of a little bit of business from last week, first of all, David. Um, we asked people to uh, write in, uh, send a voice, whatever, uh, contact us, let us know what it's like to go to a cell phone store and just shop. What's your experience like? Are they trying to push you towards any certain phones? Do you feel like... Uh, um, maybe there's some spiff action going on. So they definitely want you to buy a windows phone or a Samsung or an iPhone. What's going on there? Uh, how are they treating you? Are they opening doors for you? Are they polite? Are they pushy? No feedback yet, David. Nope. And we definitely want to hear those reports. Um, and look, I, I didn't expect anything right away because it's almost like homework, you know, Yeah. who the hell are takes, we to give people homework? It takes time to kind of plan that. Too. It does. And it's a couple no, hours. Got- you got to fit yourself with the wire. That's and, uh, you know. <laughs> Spy cam. <laughs> that's right. You got to get, get away car in case they catch yeah, you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> go go go! <laughs> We've been made. Get out of here! <laughs> you damn Apple fanboys, get out of our store! Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm going to keep bringing it up because we really do want uh, a few of you to to do exactly that. I I like to really know. Are they doing a good job? Are they doing a bad job? What are they? What's going on in the in the cell phone stores? Both David and I had positive experiences recently, and uh, is that the norm? Are they getting better out there? I'm I'm curious. I do. I really do want to know, and I think other people listening to this would like to know that as well. Definitely. Yeah, I think I think it should be interesting. So I'm going to give it a try in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Me uh, too. Uh, but we'd like some of our listeners to give some perspectives as well. I'll tell you what I did see while I was away, which was the Microsoft store in San Francisco. Yeah. How was that? Well, it's kind um, of sad. It did kind of look like an Apple store, but yep. they changed logos. <laughs> they had the tables, the wooden tables with all the stuff on. Uh, they had the little theater at the back, which, which I, was ne- I went in there about. I went past it at least five or six times. Never saw anyone using it. They had the guys in the blue shirts kind of hanging around, and yeah, it was it was kind of sad, really. Mm-hmm. They did have an Xbox One there to play with, mm-hmm. um, but uh, that was pretty much it, really. Uh, you know, they had a, kind of a token case bit in the corner, and it's, it was kind of strange. You know, I've been but, saying for a while when Microsoft first started uh, launching these stores, and, and I've got one close to my Villa Park store. Yeah. Um, so I've been in it quite a few times. In fact, one of our ex-employees work in there, and 
occasionally he'll be sending customers our way, which is nice. Yeah. And we, you know, we reciprocate. There's times that people need a Microsoft solution and we send them over to the Microsoft store. Um, I've said for a while, Microsoft really should rebrand those stores as Xbox stores. Mm-hmm. Now that they have the Surface um, and, you know, the Nokia's phones, they could put those stuff in there too, but make it about the video games make it about xbox that's their big brand now i think as far as consumers are concerned that's going to draw in the all-important teenager demographic you know you have game nights and you do i mean just there's things that they could do that they're obviously not doing at all right now and i think it could be a success for them but they it just it comes across as they're trying to be like apple and when you don't control all your products the way apple does and you really haven't thought it out the way Apple did. It's it's kind of an also ran, and I think yeah. it's kind of you go into Microsoft Store and it really does tell you what's going on in the tech world right now. Now, I, I'll put this out there: Do you think a Sam store would be any more popular than well, a Microsoft I, store? I saw Samsung stores in Hong Kong. Yeah, but that's um, not uh, really. Uh, and I saw well, I saw Samsung stores in Mauritius. Actually, they had a big one okay. at the airport there. Um, you know there are. Th- now, it, it wasn't clear to me whether those were kind of official or whether they were just a reseller who decided to go ho, you know, whole hog and rebrand around Samsung. Well, I could tell you I met someone just recently that uh, was subcontracting for Samsung, mm-hmm. and his job was to open three stores in the United States, kind of test beds. And uh, they didn't want to do it the way Apple did it, but that's kind of, you know, that was a measuring stick. Yeah, and they put the highest tech stuff that they could get into these stores. They really spent a lot of money, and according to this person, it, it was kind of a flop. Well, when, how long ago was that? About a year. Right. I I, I wonder whether. Do you think Samsung's no, in a different of, space now than they were a I, year I, ago? Well, that's, that's what I'm just debating. Is is this the Samsung mindshare? If you want to call it that, the brand awareness of Samsung as let's face it, when people think of Android phones now, they think of the Samsung. Sure, phones. it is. It's a Samsung market. It's not Android anymore. It's Samsung. So, so uh, was that this quite the same a year ago? Perhaps it was just starting, but I think they've kind of they've kind of embedded that the last year or so. Maybe if they were to do it now, it would be more compelling. But the the point is, is that. The difficulty with that type of store is it would only have Samsung products in. Yeah, but that, if you not, are not you talking just, about just mobile, because if you're talking not, about Samsung, Samsung, that's a lot of products, man. Yeah, you know what? They would not sell a Samsung corporate store like that. Would not sell non-Samsung accessories, and I think that's part of that's part of the problem that they face is that you cannot expect people to to drive your foot track in foot trafficking just for people buying the devices hell of a lot of people go in the apple stores they're not looking to buy a new iphone new ipod i I think samsung would be smarter than that i do well i'm not sure i i think the problem is is that is that you're dealing with a big corporate who does a lot of things there um who doesn't i don't think they have really have the right kind of savvy they they let's face it they've been successful in the mobile market just by spending advertising dollars like they're going out of business sure uh, it's working and, and for them. Well, it's it's well, is it? I mean, it's working for yeah, them. But you just got done saying that when you don't, th- you think of Android, yeah. you think of Samsung. What's 
what's their at what's how the actual profits profitability of the phones against what they if you offset against the marketing oh they're still doing if, extremely well yeah <laughs> i'm not i'm not so sure yeah I'm yeah not, really not so sure but the thing is is that i i would get the impression certainly from the, i got the impression from what i saw when i saw samsung as a kind of as a brand in a store is that it was samsung everything <laughs> And you weren't they, they weren't allowed to have non Samsung stuff in there. And I think that's where it falls down. Yeah. Because you do need to have uh, cases, accessories, speakers, um, headphones. Add ons, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. In order to make it a whole experience. Otherwise it's you know, it's it's kind of like it's like a Rolls Royce showroom. That's right. Yeah, you might make might might make money on every Rolls Royce you sell, but it's never busy. Because <laughs> <laughs> not many people decide today i'm going to go out and buy a rolls royce yeah i think a lot of people say and today i'm not i'm going to go out and buy a phone oh david you i know. just i as you're talking I, I my uh television's on in the other room but it's on screensaver yeah. mode because i've got the new uh x1 system from comcast so it doesn't just pause the picture it goes to the stupid right. screensaver but the screensaver itself kind of has a little news crawl on the side of it mm-hmm. and it just said jk rawlings to pin new harry potter movies yeah i heard about that um late last night so she did. She wrote some spin-off about um, this guy about who of, goes after guy, creatures and yeah, the guy who, the guy who documents the creatures in the Wizarding World, right? And um, apparently, Warner Brothers came to her and said, "We want to turn that into a movie. We need more money." Um, <laughs> that's, that's, if that's anybody thought fine, that the, that the that world is, of Harry Potter is, was over, yeah, I, exactly. I, my they, daughter is they, huge into it. My oldest yeah. daughter and I, she goes, "Well, it's over now." I said, "No, it's not." She goes, "Yeah." yeah. J.K. Rowling said she's not going to do anything. I said, yeah. "Yes, she will." <laughs> Clearly, Warner said, "Well, where's book eight? Yeah, and she said, "Well, there is no book eight. We finished it." And they said, "No, yeah, but you, yeah, you finished those ones, but but you're going to do book eight, right?" And she went, "No." So they said, "Okay, all right. Well, that's fine. We understand you're done with Harry Potter." But what about Harry Potter's friends? There you go. Yeah, let's have a spin-off series. And clearly, she's look. I thought I always, I very much respect what she's achieved. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I hugely respect what she's achieved. I think her imagination. Uh, you know, she started. You read the first couple of books, and they are they're derivative of other stuff I've read in Engli- in, in UK English fiction. Sure, there was a whole series of, of books in the 50s and 60s that were written about boarding schools and and the experiences of being the odd one out in a boarding school yeah it was kind of a, it was it was kind of like a it wasn't it would if we'd had the internet back then it would have been a meme gotcha. yeah yep. uh, so, so there was there was whole series Enid Blyton wrote them um you know she's a she's a, a very well-known uh, english children's author she wrote about three or four different series about kids living in board, boarding schools uh, and then there's a few cartoon strips in the paper and everything about kids living in boarding schools kind of satirizing those sort of things and she, she the first couple of books that's basically what she was doing she basically said let's let's what how would it be like if you went to boarding school and you the odd one out and you didn't know anything about magic, but it was a magic boarding school. But she then turned it into something else, and that's what I think is her achievement, is the fact that she had a backstory behind that. And she turned it into something that became extremely epic, yeah, and really engaged people in, in, a, in a deep and visceral way. And that's why the movies were popular. The movies were very, very well done as well. But I, what, I, what I dislike about her is the fact that saying, right, well, yeah, I've finished this now, and I'm done writing. I can't do it anymore. So, you know, and I've made it ton of money so i'm not writing anymore and then she goes and writes something else yep 
and then she then she re- releases a book under a pseudonym. That's, I don't know if you heard about that in the states. Yes, I have the book. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, and then and then now she's writing, going to write more Harry Potter uh, Harry Potter universe stuff for the movies. I don't I don't mind her doing that. You know, for goodness sake, she's whatever she's achieved, she's achieved, and she wants to do some more. That's fine. But don't announce the world you're not doing it and then do it. Don't say you're retiring and then come back. <laughs> no, I don't. Thing. I don't. Yeah, I, you're right. No. Just don't say you're going to retire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all you have to do. Just stop. And then when you start up, do start up again. That's fine. But don't have the farewell tour. Yeah, and then five years later, start making records again. Wait, are we talking about the Stones again? <laughs> uh, wow. Well, I was actually thinking, who's it? Where was it? Who had the farewell tour and then five years later came back? Was the it Rolling Kiss? Stones? No, the, well, they've never really had a farewell tour, have they? Well, yeah, they've, they've had about four touring. of them. <laughs> it's been headlined as the, as the farewell tour, the last tour. Yeah, they've they've said a, a number of tours that this was their last tour. They're retiring. They've done well, it like three or four times now. I don't like them either. Then <laughs> I don't, I've never liked the Stones that much. Yeah. Everyone says it's the Beatles against the Stones. It's not really a fair fight, is it? <laughs> yeah. I uh, but no. Look, clearly uh, Warner Brothers said, "Look, we want to do more movies," and so she said, "Okay, well, <clears> she's I respect <coughs> her." respect her for saying and, and for, she's fortunate to be in the position that they said well we'd like to take this thing you did and turn it into a series of movies and she said to them well fine but if you're going to do that I want to write the screenplay because um, because you know I want it to be my it's, vision it's, not your well it's vision. her creations yeah and I don't blame her a bit and my daughter said well why do you think she's going to come back and do more and I said two words George Lucas I said, I've already been down this road. It's it's a compulsion with these people. They create something that's extremely popular. And, and not just popular, but changes the world uh, with words and ideas. And I mean, it's a culture, it's a phenomenon. It's, it's bigger than the creation itself. She did that without question. And it's only been a very short amount of time. I mean, the first book came out in what, 2001? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's been it's been a blink of an eye. Of course she's not done. She eh, the reason that she released another book in uh you know under a different name was because she wanted to, you know, not have that notoriety of it's oh it's is there anything hidden in here about Harry Potter? She wanted to flex her writing chops. But I don't think she had as much fun writing these books. She may say otherwise, but Yeah. You, it's it's hard to step out of the stop uh, spotlight like that, no yeah. question. So, anyways, let's get back on topic. I mean, I yeah. just saw that, and uh, I, I'll be the first to admit I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. I love the books. Mm. I love the movies. They were fantastic. I'm looking forward to something new. Really am. Um, the other thing I talked about last week, David, was buying and then start. Well, before I get to that, uh, we do got a feedback from uh, John Nemirovsky. He's the editor at mymac.com and he also does some of the at minute podcasts and uh, he sent us feedback and he says one of your best segments ever and uh, he said uh the middle section of last friday's show is one of the very best because you emphasize the average non-techie person and the non-total gearhead every point and example you use is right on target just like tim uh, I hang out with techs, but I work with ordinary consumers. They need ease of use and reliable support. So that was very nice. I appreciate that, yeah. John. Yeah, thank um, you, John. 
you know, as much as hardcore geeks as we all can be sometimes, and let's be honest, people listen to the show, for the most part, are probably pretty hardcore geeks. For the most part, we hang around with, and we're family members of, non-hardcore geeks. And But, yeah. but that being said, though, sometimes I think we lose the forest for the trees, David. We always assume that everyone's talking about the 64-bit processor in the new iPhone 5. Yeah. They don't. Most people don't care. No, no. It it doesn't. It doesn't even register. They may see the headline and move on. They they don't even remember it. So, yep. you know, as tech fans ourselves, yes, yeah, sometimes we are going to get lost, just like the other hardcore tech guys in the minutia of things. But at the end of the day, we're interacting with the non-tech world. Yeah. And I think it's important that we do keep that perspective. And let's face it, you can be a you can be, you know, into technology without being a complete hardcore geek sure. about it. Oh, absolutely. You know? uh, plenty of people are like that. Yeah. I've just been doing um, this for a very long time um without exaggerating since uh, at least the it started in 95 but really it started in 94 for me uh writing and creating and starting my Mac, you know. So it's yeah. almost been 20 years now. And when you're 43, that's not quite half your life, but it's pretty darn close. And eventually it will be yeah. half my life, and it'll be more than half my life. Yeah. So I've always been a very heavy tech person for the last two decades. And before that, my, my obsessions were stereos and fast cars. So there's always been something. Um, we would like to hear what you guys think about any topics that we're talking about or things that we're not talking about you'd like to hear us talk about go to techfanpodcast.com you can leave a comment underneath our post there or you can simply send an email tim at techfanpodcast or uh david at techfanpodcast it, it sounds like i always get you on that one I think he's going to be right on it this time. He's going to be it's, ready. And... I am right on it. It's just Skype lag. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's what it is. Skype. It's just, just the bits flying between me and you is what dude, causes the delay. Dude, dude we're, we're continents apart. <laughs> exactly. Give the bits this to is, get to me magic. and back. What, what do you want? I started Give talking before you finished. Talk to the space. Give it a break. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> so, so so last week david i said uh i was gonna take my imac in it was it's a 09 imac it's not a, a 11 imac like i said i was off by two years that's the, <laughs> that's the one with the custom fender package yeah uh yeah yeah flares <laughs> turbocharger yeah. uh and i was going to remove the optical drive while i was going to have my text do it remove the optical drive and put uh data doubler from OWC in and put a yeah. um, SSD in there. You're going to have your minions do it. I have my minions like do it. Little yellow guys in... <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, my, my little midget minion yellow guys. <laughs> I walk in, yes, master. <laughs> Take this iMac. It's a 27-inch, so find four more of you to carry it. <laughs> And put the speed chip in here. Yes, master. Right away, <laughs> master. As you wish. Right, sorry. Yeah, I mean, they, they take iMacs apart every day, so... Yeah. I would rather them do it. 
They've got a lot more yeah. experience. Definitely. So I had them uh, do exactly that. Um, I think I've got a 1.5 or a 2 terabyte internal hard drive. And it gets a little noisy. That's why I don't record the podcast on there, because that hard drive was just it was loud all the time, and it was making the fans run. Uh, it's actually running right next to me, and I know you can't even hear it because it's quiet now. I'll give it a test when it comes to recording audio on it, a podcast, in other words, to see if the fans kick back on and it starts making noise, but I don't think it's going to. I think the hard drive was the issue. Yeah. But my issue, after I did this, I had them do a fresh install of uh, Mountain Lion on there. And uh, they didn't even create a user. It was just a you know a, a brand new setup. My issue yeah. is I can't pull my user data from one hard drive over to the other because I only put a 250 gig SSD in there. I've got more than that in in just my photo library, or darn close. When you pull stuff over, can't you um, can't you choose what you pull over? You can to a certain degree. But I really wanted to customize it the way I wanted it. And right. So I did that. And uh, it took me about two days mm-hmm. to get everything. And it's still not quite set up the way I want it to be. Some apps, um, I can't run off the, the secondary hard drive, the original, like Photoshop yeah. CS5. It just won't do anything. No. So there's uh, there's still some issues. Uh, a lot of tracking down serial numbers again, but for the most part, it's it's up and running, and man, it's fast, David. I mean, it's it's like a brand new machine. Yeah. And like I was saying on last week's show, my intention, honestly, is to keep this going for another two years, and then replace it with a Mac Pro. Yeah. And with this new SSD, I I, I think we're there. I think the. The, the speed increase alone is just, it's phenomenal. When you really yeah. get used to the way it was with this conventional hard drive, and then you put an SSD in something, it's a brand new machine. I mean, yeah. it's Safari or, or Chrome is opening them up and loading a website in like a second and a half. Uh, I do have six gigs of RAM in here, and it's an i7 chip. So it's a fast machine. <laughs> I mean... It's, yeah. it's a really fast machine. Do I? No, I got more than six. And now I can't remember how much RAM I have in there. I got 12 gigs of RAM. Yeah. Startup disk, I, Macintosh SSD. It's a 2.8 in gigahertz Intel yeah. Core i7. See, I have a. Um, I have a. On the Mac Mini I'm using at the moment has 16 gigs of RAM in It's a Core i5. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it has a regular hard drive. But. Even though the um, MacBook Air I have is is only a 1.6 gigahertz, 1.7 gigahertz um, Core i5, um, because it's got the SSD and apps open on that much much quicker than they do on this uh, Mac Mini. Yeah, yeah. The, the SSD is everything. Yeah, it's it's so it's blazing fast and. Uh, yeah, now you now you got me thinking about how hard it'd be to crack this Mac Mini open and change the drive on it. This what year is, is it? It's a recent one. It's last year. Oh, it's easy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not hard at all. Replacing a hard drive. It's not hard if you got minions. (laughs) True. (laughs) I don't have any minions. Well, you do. They're just not old enough yet. No, this is it. The good thing about minions is they break it. You can shout at them. You break it. If you go to uh, MacSales.com, David. Yeah. 
uh, they actually have videos on how to install an SSD in your machine. Ah, right. Okay. I, I know that because I used to make those videos for them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's not it's not difficult. You could do it. Yeah. Um, you're you're the one that's over there spending two weeks flashing your ROM on an Android device. Mm, this is true. This is true. So let's talk about the pictures that you texted me a few minutes ago. Yeah. Okay. So these are from. Um, it's called the two six eight Wan Chai Computer Center. This rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. Well, you know these, and this is this is on Hennessy Road in the middle of uh, Hong Kong Island, um, and it's one of these computer markets that I like to go to when I'm there. They're kind of like these narrow, little buildings that are just wall to wall. You'd walk down these corridors, and all it is is just stall after stall after stall of these electronics and computer shops. Huh. I you see know, a picture oh, in the background, and one of them says PC Mac Repair. Say, uh, yeah. data oh, recovery. Oh. oh, yeah. In fact, there's quite a lot of Apple dealers in there. Is there? Um, in fact, there's, there's normally at least two or three. Um, there's, there's two or three of these places in, in Wan Chai, which is like Hong Kong Island. Um, there's normally at least two or three stalls that has nothing but refurb or old Macs. Uh, and they're always doing repairs. And, and you know, then they have all the, they, there was one in there. They had, he had in his window, he had uh, like a G5 Power Mac. Uh, a couple of MacBook Airs, kind of older ones, a couple of uh, MacBook Pros, and then right in the corner he had, um, it looked like it was the, maybe the, the 20, 2300C, or no, maybe the five the PowerBook 560 range. Mm-hmm. You know, a really, really old PowerBook, like sure. the early 90s. With um, it was a full set as well. It had a style, uh, Apple style writer with it and everything as well. <laughs> And for a, for a mad moment, I thought, hmm, wonder how much he wants for that. And then I thought to myself, I'm in Hong Kong, and I have to get it home. And I'm not going straight home. I'm also going via Mauritius. So be sensible. You're not buying that. <laughs> but yeah, so they have quite a few uh, guys who do Mac stuff in in these places. Well, the and, uh, the displays are just, you know, if somebody has a, a Mac store where we tastefully lay out things. Yeah. We, we leave space on the floor so you can walk around and see things well. Yeah. And each product should be kind of featured. And yeah. man, these things are just, everything is just crammed in here on every available space all the way to the ceiling. And some of the things are actually kind of folded over and, and onto the ceiling. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that, that most of the places don't have a lot of space. Um, Cyberport Technology Company. <laughs> yeah. Most of them don't have windows. Um, they're kind of, you know, they're like market stores. They're the sort of thing you'd see at a at a market fair or a summer fair or something like that. But they're they're permanent, you know, and they're very small spaces. The the I'm in my conservatory at the moment. They're probably not much bigger than where I'm sat now. Yeah. Um, and literally piled floor to ceiling with stuff. That's crazy. And, and the ones the ones I've sent you are the tidy ones. You know, there, are the are prices some, actually good, or are they comparable to what you can get in the it UK? It depends what you. It depends what you're buying. For the laptops, uh, the prices are not a million miles away from what you pay in the US. They're a little bit cheaper than here in the UK because they don't have any sales tax in Hong Kong. Yeah. Um. So and and these places you can always haggle. So you can normally knock a few uh, a few uh, Hong dollar Hong Kong dollars off. Um. You know, but for some other stuff, I bought a um, a MiFi um, while I was there because uh, we found we needed one. We were short of data 
in the in the office we were using. So I just went out and bought a MiFi from one of these places and put a, a local Hong Kong SIM in so we could have some extra data bandwidth. And I think I paid about $55, $60, the equivalent US dollars for a MiFi, completely unlocked, so it's not tied to a contract. Um, and this is a good one. You know, it supports the 4G LTE. Um, it's got a screen in the front so you can see what's going on and everything. Uh, very nice web interface. You know, it, it was probably as good as anything you would get from a from a carrier in the US. And they, they're knocking those out for about $100, $150. So for that sort of stuff, it's cheap. Cables, pennies. You know, I bought... I, in fact, I did buy it. It's quite kind of cool. Uh, it's like a USB cable, and then it has three ends coming out, and it has... Min, um, mini US, mi, sorry, micro USB, which is what most phones you now use nowadays. A lightning connector and an old Apple dock connector on it on the same cable. Oh wow! Yeah, and I wonder how it, the reliability of that though would be. Well, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, I paid like four, four, the equivalent of four pounds, about six dollars for it. Yeah. Yeah, but it charges and it syncs data over all of the connections. So you know, I take the view that I pick up something like that. If it doesn't work, if it if it, and to be fair, actually, the, the it's cheaper than McDonald's sold, lunch. Oh yeah, it was ridiculous. And the girl who sold it, she said, "Take it, take it back." She says, "If you find you have any problems with it, come straight back. And we'll change it for another one." So they know that there's a patchy reliability record on some of these. Uh, the one I chose is actually quite well constructed, so I don't think it will fail quickly. Um, but the point is, yeah, that's the, the, the stuff coming out of these Chinese um, these Chinese factories. Uh, you you know that the quality is not always as good as what you get at retail. That's that's why you pay retail prices to somebody like um, OWC because they've done the quality control to make sure the stuff they're importing is decent. Yeah. Um, you know, so you are taking a bit of a crapshoot with with some of this stuff. But having said that, it works. It works for the moment. You know, I bought a new battery, a new external battery for charging my devices. You know, you can get these little things about the size of a hard drive now. Sure. With uh, a couple of USB ports on. And you plug your iPod or your iPhone or your iPad or whatever into those and charge them. So I bought one as a 10,000 milliamp hour battery. It's smaller than a hard drive. It's lighter than a hard drive. Uh, and it puts out something crazy like um, 3.1 amps. And again, I paid about, I guess, about $25 for that. Wow. You know. Dirt cheap. So that sort of stuff is very, very cheap. You know what I'd like to go there and... You know, I, you, as you know, I'm into video games, but I'm also into old uh, hi-fi gear, even though I don't really own any. But, yeah. man, I would love to go into the places like that and see some of the vintage stuff. I know for a fact I'd end up spending... I'd, I'd have to limit how much money I brought with me, because yeah. I would spend too much. This is it. I mean, they, they, these they, what actually does limit you in those places, most of them won't take Visa or MasterCard. They prefer to take cash. Oh, sure. So... Um, you know that that can limit what what you can you could you know if you went around there with a credit card you could go really go crazy, um, but yeah they have similar type places that just do hi-fi and headphones and you know a music specialist and then they have camera places that are just cameras and I know there's a a whole block that does video games that's I would yeah, be lost yeah, in there for a long time you know and um, yeah there's some some good stuff and they sell you see stuff that. You've only just heard about, and they've already got it in stock. Yeah. So, funnily enough, a colleague of mine was there. He wants to get the new Google Nexus tablet, and that he couldn't get anywhere. They, everyone said, no, too soon, too soon. So, presumably, they haven't found anyone who can break into the factory and steal them yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should wrap up this episode, David. Uh, we're getting on near an hour, and I know you're uh, home alone with your daughter right now. 
and yep. uh, so I'll let you get back to that. Um, a lot of cool stuff going on in the tech world. We're going to be back here next week to talk about it. You're not on the road anytime soon again, right? Uh, I'm certainly hoping not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really you, had, you've been gone really for a while. Had, I'm sure your yeah. wife would prefer you to stay home for a while now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm uh, looking forward to talking to you next week. And, uh, you know, for those listening, don't forget, we really would like your feedback on um, the topics that we talked about this week. Any topics really related to tech. And tech is such a huge, I mean, it's it's computers and phones and tablets and games. And it, it's if it's technology, we want to talk about it. And uh, eventually, David and I are going to kind of expand upon the topics that we talk about. But we're kind of limited on time right now. We both work full time. And so preparing a lot of content for the show is not, hasn't been feasible. But we're going to work on that because there's a lot of things that would fall underneath that tech umbrella that I think would be fun to talk about and explore. But in the meantime, we'd really like you guys to, to go to a cell phone store and uh, shop. Don't you, you don't have to buy anything. Most people don't. But let us know what your experience is. We, we'd really like to know, and I think the other listeners would like to know. Who's doing a good job? Who's doing a bad job? What are they steering you towards? What are they steering you away from? Let us know. Um, techfanpodcast.com is the website you can leave voice message there you can send us email from there you can fill out a form and click that and that'll get to us but however you do it send us feedback we'd really like to know and if you got a few minutes go up to our listing on iTunes you can find a link to our iTunes listing from our website techfanpodcast.com and leave us feedback we'd appreciate it nope that was the horn that means we gotta go there we go alright talk to you next week 